The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash covers your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized, soft and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. For the third year, Olay Body is a proud sponsor of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride and supporter of the LGBTQ plus community. So this pride glow with confidence, not just all month, but all year long. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Hello, friends. I'm Robert Evans, and this is once again Behind the Bastards, the show where we tell you everything you don't know about the very worst people in all of history. And with me this week are my good friends, my former and quasi Cody Johnson, Katie Stoll. <laughs> Collaborators? <laughs> Collaborators, secret Antifa super yeah. soldier allies, mm-hmm. whatever terms are appropriate. I like that. That's yeah. sounds... Secret collaborators. Frequent secret collaborators. That's Collabs. what we call ourselves. Oh, that's catchy. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this week, we are talking about the midterms. Ooh. Exciting. Now, rather than doing a two-parter about one person, we have two distinct subjects for both episodes this week. Mm. And this episode is, uh, the working title is Every Shitty Thing Ted Cruz Has Done in His Shitty Shit Life. Oh, yes. Good uh, title. The title's a lie, because I didn't have time to yeah, go through like every, si- there's just accurate. so much garbage <laughs> that Ted Cruz has done. But we are going to go back a lot further than I think most people know about Mr. Tedrick. I'm very Tedrick excited Cruz. I'm excited about this. It'll be guys? fascinating. Mm. I want to start by asking, when did you guys first learn about Ted Cruz? Do you would you mm. recall your first Ted Cruz memory? God. I couldn't say my first memory of him, but I know it was around Tea Party times. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would make sense. Yeah, I would say that's around the same time for me. It's all a blur. Well, I want the listeners at home to know that while we're doing this, there's a Tide Pod that's been mm-hmm. in the office the whole year now that I've been doing this show, and I've just been squeezing it, and it's gradually degrading. And you can see that it's going to burst at some point. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pass this around, and we can so all take turns squeezing it and passing we'll it lucky. around. Maybe it'll explode in the middle of this session. One can hope. It's really gross it, right yeah. now. Like, you can see how gross it I is. I thought that was a Tide Pod, and mm-hmm. I was right. It'll be fun for the listeners at home to hear us 
squeeze a Tide Pod. Yeah, for the oh, Tide yeah, Pod. Oh, yeah, this is going to go soon. Yeah, it doesn't have much longer left in it. All right, so Ted Cruz. The focus of this week is the bastards of the 2018 midterm elections. And I want to make it clear to our listeners who may be more politically independent that we're not just declaring every Republican who's running right now a bastard, uh, or at least I'm not. The people that we're talking about this week are folks that I think everyone in America can get together behind and agree are garbage monsters. And on that note, Let's talk about Ted Cruz. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, the tale of how Ted Cruz came to be started decades before his birth in 1939. Uh, It started in Cleveland, as any terrible things start. Yeah. Uh, In the late 30s. In the late 30s. Back before the Cuyahoga River caught on fire the first time (laughs) of... Like a dozen times. I'm going to start with a businessman named Fred G. Clark. He was an executive, an anti-prohibition crusader, so that's nice. Okay, Um, okay. He was a libertarian, very early libertarian, and a contemporary of the Koch family patriarch, Fred Koch, because for some reason, Freds are all dedicated to destroying the social safety net. There's going to be a lot of Freds this episode. Okay. Really? Yeah, Yeah, a lot of Freds in an episode about a Ted. I got to say, that's my least favorite name. Is it? Fred? Yeah, there's something you know, hardcore libertarian about the name Fred. Yeah, yes, uh, there is. <laughs> and that's not just a, a random joke. So anyway, Clark formed uh, an organization called the American Economic Foundation. Uh, its goal was to push and advocate for free market limited government ideals. He moved the foundation to New York City in the 1940s, and he set up a program to educate young Americans about the wonders of capitalism. Mm. Clark believed the free market worked because it was a self-correcting system controlled by the consumer. Since this self-correcting system was obviously perfect, there was no need for government intrusion into the economy. Of course. Yeah. If you have a system that's for, like, you say whatever you want, you Mm -hmm. do whatever you want in order to make money and sort of take advantage of consumers. Yeah. Consumers have the power. Exactly. Think about, like, ISPs. That's why everyone's internet is fantastic, and nobody (laughs) has complaints about their ISP because we, the consumers, have the power. Perfect example Perfect of example. what Fred is talking about. Perfect example. That's <laughs> why the healthcare industry is famously without flaw, because yeah, look, the consumers are in control. It's definitely not broken from their perspective, so mm-hmm. why would they try to fix it? Mm-hmm. And free is right there. I love free stuff. So I love free, free market. Free. Really I, I love Boston market. So a free Boston market, that's what I think of when I think of free market. That's just some good associations mm-hmm. right there. They're Brilliant. I'm going to get me a good rotisserie chicken that's been sitting on a warming plate for four days. Mm, For free. For free. (laughs) Delightful. (laughs) Okay. So the foundation published a pamphlet called How We Live and sold something like three million copies of it during the 1940s and 50s. It was an economics primer that basically outlined Fred's ideas about uh, how the economy ought to work. In 1964, the American Economic Foundation had its biggest coup yet when it hosted that year's World's Fair in New York City. I found some New York Times coverage of the event. Mm. The title of the article is Free Enterprises Hailed at Fair, Hall Dedicated and Torch of Truth Lighted at Ceremony. Now, most of this article reads like the flavor text you'd find in a Fallout game. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty fun. I love reading old New York Times stories yeah. from the 1960s. Here's a quote. An attack against Russian communist imperialist aggression and against big government in this country was delivered by John Davis Lodge, former governor of Connecticut and former ambassador to Spain. For the Russians, peaceful coexistence is a tactic, not an objective. For us, plausible appearances to the contrary notwithstanding, it is surrender on the installment plan. Mayor Wagner praised the pavilion as a most valuable endeavor to explain in practical terms to the millions of visitors to the World's Fair the daily economic benefits inherent in our free enterprise system. So this okay. is the 1964 World's Fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is classic. It's just Fallout. There's a lot. Yeah, it's just Fallout. Yeah. Any talk of peace is just communism. <laughs> if we don't nuke uh, each other, the Russians win. Yeah. 
<laughs> it is just it is just, it is like, just a, yeah. they, they don't exaggerate at all in those games. No, no, no. No, no they take it right from history. They take it right from history. Uh, now, a representative during the this World's Fair from the American Steel Workers Union uh, was quoted by the New York Times as noting ruefully that the exhibit completely left out labor. Weird. Mm. Weird that a major pro-capitalist foundation would ignore labor in there. Must, must have been an oversight. Must have been an oversight. Yeah. It actually wasn't, according to the oh, uh, American Economic Foundation. One of their representatives assured the New York Times that, quote, labor was represented in the hall's major exhibit, Mr. Both Comes to Town. This is a show in which Mr. Both has the dual role of producer and consumer, and the audience finds itself involved in the economy of a small town. That sounds... <laughs> Awful. <laughs> that is the height of oh, that is branding right there. That they, is some branding. Wow. Yeah. I'm I, sorry. Audience I, participation. Yeah. Shows you can get labor the fuck was out represented. Of here. See, like it's it, you are labor. We're labor. Mm-hmm. The CEOs are labor. We're all we're we, all labor. We you are see. labor. Yeah. And you know it came about because some guy was sitting back and like, well, if it's an audience participation show, we don't got to pay for as many actors. <laughs> <laughs> Free labor being the best yeah, kind of labor. Yeah, make them pay to get in, exactly. and then they're in it. And then they yeah. do the show. <laughs> Don't you guys feel lucky? <laughs> yeah. I really did look for video of Mr. Both Comes to Town, because I, I yeah. still have no idea what it could actually have been saying. I'm sure it was a tour de force, but I found no evidence of it. I do want to go off topic for just a second, because the New York Times article, this all happened during like free market day at the World's Fair, <laughs> but that wasn't the only day that it was that day at the World's Fair. So I want to read the end of this New York Times article. It just gives some weird insight into how strange America was in the day before internet. Yesterday was also Law Day, and the Festival of Gas served as unlikely <laughs> served as unlikely chambers for about a hundred judges of the city uh, in judicial robes. The day too was Betty Crocker Day, Loyalty Day, Northeastern Poultry Producers Council Day, Personal Affairs Day, and Kings County Day. And the list is growing. Today at the fair will be Garden City, Boston, Massachusetts Tours Day, Manhattanville College of the Sacred Heart Day, Scandinavian New York State Day, Temple or Elohim Day, Willingboro Township Day, and Crazy Hat Day. Uh, <laughs> Crazy Hat Day? Yeah. Well, that yeah. one's just fun. They that saved one. the fun one for they the very They saved the fun end. one for the end. Wait, how many days was the day? The day. Okay. Uh, I mean, let's like, let's, let's count see. here. So this was yesterday was Law Day at the Festival of Gas. The Festival oh, of Gas. Yeah. <laughs> I need to know more about that. I need to know this. more about the festival. Also, I love like. I mean, <laughs> what kind of gas? So today is a question. Yeah, it really Loyalty is. Loyalty Day. Loyalty Day. But also like Funny Hat Day. Like, but also Funny Hat on. Day. Well, no, that was the next day. So the day that this article is about was Free Market Day, Law Day, and the Festival of Gas, Betty Crocker Day, Loyalty Day, Northeastern... It was like seven or eight days. (laughs) All in one. All in one. Well, you know what? I think that's rude because you shouldn't have to share your special day with several others but you know i'm sorry katie this is capitalism mm. and the more okay. days you jam into a single day you're getting four weeks for the price of two days true. just pledge your loyalty <laughs> and you get a silly day. hat and you wear a silly hat <laughs> yeah crazy hat crazy, crazy, hat. crazy yeah, yeah. hat yeah different days yeah yeah fred clark died in 1973 and the Aww. american economics foundation went rapidly downhill from there they moved back to cleveland in the early 1980s which mm. was not an inspiring time to move back <laughs> no, to cleveland no. everyone was doing the opposite actually right. in, mm-hmm. the, in the 80s if you recall uh sorry cleveland but i mean there's you know i'm you know i'm from ohio i like uh, places but yeah <laughs> you like, <laughs> like, like places. I mean, not even one <laughs> to go to bat for cleveland i'd say cleveland's my least favorite city name mm-hmm like yep. name of a city? Yeah. Hmm. It just is like, aw. 
Well, because I think that it must be a city founded by a guy named Cleve, and, and I there can't we go. imagine a guy named Cleve not being gross. The land of right. Cleve. Yeah. No, no thanks. No, thank you. Right. But no, yeah, like you. John Cleveson or something. <laughs> Just Cleve. <Yeah. laughs> this is my buddy Cleve. This is his <laughs> land. <laughs> We're going to build a city so gross the river catches on fire. <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> so yeah, the American Economic sure. Foundation moved back to Cleveland in the 80s, and instead of hosting World's Fairs, they launched a massive mailing list across the country, yeah. essentially seeding the United States with far-right free market values. Most of what they did until their dissolution was send out pamphlets and mailers. One such pamphlet was the Ten Pillars of Economic Wisdom, a sort of Ten Commandments for libertarian free market economics as Fred Clark saw it. Now, the Ten Pillars had first been revealed at that 1964 World's Fair. I love the idea of, like, the big reveal. The big reveal. <laughs> Everyone's waiting. No for one knew what they were. <laughs> we were all just getting money, not knowing where it came from. The music swells. Yeah. They pull the curtain, <laughs> the curtain down. Here they yeah, are. Here they are. The pillars strongly hint that the best possible world is one where workers listen to their bosses and don't ask for raises. Hell yeah. Uh, because mm-hmm. asking for raises will decrease the amount of money workers take home. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's just basic economics. Yeah, yeah that's math right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This list of rubber baron capitalist wisdom wound up outlasting the American Economic Foundation and spreading throughout the libertarian right. It was picked up as an educational supplement by the Free Enterprise Education Institute. <laughs> now, the Free Enterprise Education Institute was founded in 1976, three years after Clark died, by a fellow named Roland Story. Uh, he'd been a vaudeville performer. I, uh, yeah, and, I got that from the name. <laughs> yeah, you got that from the name. Uh, and an oil Oil and gas industry businessman in Houston, which is a neat mix. Mm, he's all of them, yeah. He's all industry. <laughs> he's a mix of the two things you assume would be most racist in 1976. Right. <laughs> Anyone still doing vaudeville in the oil and gas industry in Texas? He lived in Houston, and he decided that his calling was to indoctrinate young Texans into the virtues of libertarian economic theory. Indoctrinate uh, specifically. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. Cool. Very much so. He ran, like, after-school specials yeah, and yeah. stuff. They know programs and yeah, They know what they have to do. They know <laughs> what they have to do. Get them young. Yeah. One of Story's students called him the Santa Claus of Liberty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys enjoyed it's that. Liberty Clause. The book The Wilderness, which is uh, now shamefully outdated. It, w- it was published in, like, 2016 when the election started out. It was about how that giant 16-candidate Republican mm primary slate came about and the book was definitely written with the angle that like the republicans are going to lose this election let's try to figure out how things got so fucked up but that didn't happen Mm, anyway no no, they should have sat on that a little longer. they should have sat on that book a little bit longer but it does give some good background into uh mr story quote Story educated his students about the brightest minds of free market economics. They poured over Friedrich Hayek and Milton Friedman and marveled at Frederick Bastiat's denunciations of socialism as legal plunder. A veteran of vaudeville, Story liked to recreate constitutional conventions and assign students to play delegates in mock debates. So that's fun. Also, I got a note. Friedrich Hayek, Frederick Bastiat, both Freds. They are yeah. both Along Freds. With Fred Clark. All, it's the fucking Freds. Mm. I'm more on board with the and Fred Fred, Coke. Frederick. Friedrich. And also, I apologize if there are any Freds listening. I don't think there are. No, if there are Freds listening, uh, <laughs> you have to pay reparations for the damage that mm-hmm. other Freds have done. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. We're sorry. But uh, it's your responsibility. Them's well, the rules. Isn't there a Fred Claus movie? Mm-hmm. Fred Claus? Speaking like of Vaughan, Santa. Yeah. Oh, and Vince yeah. Vaughn is a libertarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Bam. There you go. all checking out. It's all tied Good together. Gracious. Yeah. Yeah, if you are a Fred, the only thing that can stop a bad Fred with dangerous far-right ideology is a good 
Fred with name a good Fred with dangerous far right ideology. I can't. I can't think of a good Fred with any kind of ideology. Mm, yeah, yeah. Freds and Cleveland all taking a hit today. What about the Fred Savage who played the cute little boy in The Princess Bride? Fred Savage. Oh, you haven't heard about Fred Savage? <laughs> oh no. Oh man, no. There's a six part behind the bastards about Fred Savage. A lot of yeah. a lot of people lost hands. Anyway, uh, continuing on, uh, Roland Story's most gifted student was a 13 year old boy. Named Ted Cruz. Oh, there it is. <laughs> yes. I was uh, there we for go. It. Yes. Uh, Raphael Edward Cruz, born is, yeah. on December 22nd, 1970, was the son of Rafael Cruz, a Cuban American who fought against the Batista regime and fled his home country after Castro took power. His mother, Eleanor Wilson, was just some lady from Delaware. Ted Cruz was actually born in Canada. His mom and dad owned a seismic data processing firm in Calgary before his parents split up and his dad moved the kids to Texas in 1974. And then not long after that, his mom came back and the family stayed together until I think like 1997 when they divorced. I don't know if these marital difficulties bled into the childhood of the young Ted Cruz. I do know that he was a brilliant student and a habitual overachiever in school. These aspects of his personality only increased when Roland's story began to groom him. Uh, You're not liking where this is going. (laughs) Marriage is that you get divorced, get back together, and then get divorced again. That's something else. That has to affect someone. I mean, you, you got to assume, yeah. right? Yeah. I just don't like knowing who Ted Cruz is and what he turned into. And mm-hmm. just being like, oh, like a wide-eyed kid is like mm-hmm. moved to Texas and he's an overachiever. Good yep. luck, buddy. Yep. Oh, no. Oh, no. Roland is involved. Yeah. Roland is involved. Stories after school study sessions had a huge influence on Ted's already conservative upbringing because his dad, Raphael, who we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. is pretty far right. But Raphael, his father, did later recall, quote, instead of reading comic books, Ted was reading Adam Smith. He was reading Milton Friedman. He was reading Von Mises. He was reading Frederick Bastiat. So intolerable. Mil- intolerable. <laughs> Certainly doesn't sound like a kid anybody wanted to sit with at what lunch. A nerd. It's probably worth noting, since we did a two-parter on the Koch brothers, that uh, Milton Friedman and Ludwig von Mises both taught at Robert Lefebvre's Freedom School. Mm. If you remember from that Koch brothers two-parter, the Freedom School was both funded by and a major influence on Charles Koch. Among other things, the Freedom School believed that slavery should be legal as long as it's just free people selling themselves into slavery. Those huh. words work well together. <laughs> yeah. I like that they make sense. <laughs> I, what a hill to pick to die on. Free Unbelievable. People <laughs> yeah. sell themselves into slavery. Yeah. It, it just looking out at the world and being like, you know what the fucking problem is? Nobody can sell <laughs> themselves into slavery. I also love like there are so many libertarians out there who like when you bring that up, they're like, well, that's not really like that's not what we think. Like, yeah, you literally do. Like. <laughs> It's, it's the basis of a lot of the thought that underlies this ideology. My body, my choice, I guess. I mean, but no, because you can't consent to being eaten no. by someone. My I slavery, to, my I choice. I need to say that I did not mean it when I yeah. said my yeah. body, my choice. <laughs> Uh, Ludwig von Mises, in addition to being a pillar of libertarian economic theory and a major influence on young Ted Cruz, was a member of the Board of Advisors for the Mises Institute's Rampart Journal. His name is attached to several issues of that journal that include articles denying the Holocaust. Yep. Just a fun little... I was waiting for the, <laughs> uh, the Nazi connection there. There's... Like, well, they supported the Nazis <laughs> well, and they there... worked with the Nazis. There's always a Nazi connection. There's always a Nazi connection, and it is weird how many libertarian journals and writers in the 70s and 80s in particular, back before the internet... We're writing a lot of stuff about how the Holocaust didn't mm. add up to them. Mm. Seems a like of, were... a lot of classical liberals <laughs> really, of... really supporting Hitler in the early days. That is weird. I don't know. There's no. I don't even have a bit about the Holocaust <laughs> denial here. It's it's 
Just a thing that people do. It's just a thing that people choose to do. Yeah. Like some people might choose to be slaves. And like that's some people might choose choice, to be slaves. Yeah. It's their choice, guys. And choice is what makes America great. Mm-hmm. Now, shortly after he began working with Story, Ted Cruz was picked to be a member of the Constitutional Corroborators. Uh, <laughs> God, these, these fucking dorks. My God. <laughs> and you say that, Cody. As a dork. As a, dork. <laughs> a complete dork. I know. And like, <laughs> We've all made substantial chunks of our living making fun of Star Wars. Like, like, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've been on podcasts where I only play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But these fucking, fucking dweebs. My God. <laughs> um, now, just judging by that name, what do y'all think the constitutional corroborators might have been? Any, any guesses? Uh... uh corroborating the constitution cool kids <laughs> cool kids cool kids some well, sort of judicial watch yes type. that's what it seems like that would actually be cooler um there were groups <laughs> five, of five though. students each group of corroborators was five students okay. who attended uh stories after school programs and trained to be able to write out the entire constitution from memory they also read nice. out a definition of socialism when they presented this mm. which was portrayed as being in direct opposition to the constitution nice. now the uh, corroborators toured local chambers of commerce and rotary clubs various groups and associations, stuff like that, around North and Central Texas. They toured and let them watch them write out yeah, the Constitution yeah, from they memory? Yeah, they would show up in front of groups of generally older conservative people, and these five kids would get a bunch of whiteboards out, and they would write out the Constitution from memory using a mnemonic device that they'd memorize. These are right. uh, children. Yeah, te- early teens. That's a good show, though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess. If you don't have Netflix, if... Good music hasn't been invented yet, which it hadn't been in the 80s. Yeah. In my day, we just watched kids write words on whiteboards. (laughs) That was the only Netflix we needed. I love groups like this, like Charlie Kirk. Yeah, kind of person, or like, um, like even Paul Joseph Watson, Mm -hmm. who's like, oh, your fans are all over 60 conservatives. Yeah. And they just love that there's finally a young person saying what they're thinking. They just want to see a young person who agrees with them. That's it's oh, it's perfect. It's it's amazing. Now Tale as old as time. Tale Tale at least as old as the nineteen eighties with and yeah. Roland's story. <laughs> he was one of the first people doing this. Uh, in a really organized way. So one of uh, Ted's fellow constitutional corroborators was Laura Calloway. She joined the group in her senior year at Deer Park High School. She'd been invited there by her friend Jeff, who she had a crush on and who was on the debate team. Uh, This study group is how Stories Free Enterprise Education Center hooked most of its young members. They even offered scholarships to sweeten the deal. Here's what Laura recalled later in a Medium post. The nonprofit programs director, a jocular round man named Roland Story, sends us boxes of books, textbooks wrapped in shiny plastic, textbooks unavailable at school, but textbooks that tell the real story behind our country's founding fathers. There are lots of quotes by Thomas Jefferson. Sounds like a Prager U situation. Sounds like a Prager U situation like before the internet. Prager U situation. Now, she enjoyed the study program and most of the people in it, with one notable exception. Ted Cruz. Yeah. My boy. I've heard about him from my friend. She writes it in the present tense. I've heard about him from so my- So forgettable. It's just like, <laughs> I heard about him later. Well, no, I've heard about, this is before she got in there. Oh, she says, oh, yeah, I've heard okay. about him from my friends, that he is a master debater and long-term member of the organization. When we are introduced, it is the first time I feel as if someone has sized me up, found me wanting, and moved on, all before I finish hello. It is not a good feeling. I don't think I'm going to like Ted. Yes. Laura was about 30 years ahead of the rest of the U.S. in this. So we're going to get into some more about the constitutional corroborators and the rest of the evolution of Tedrick Cruz, which is mm. not his name, but fuck it. He might as well be a Fred. You might, know. Catchy, as, might as well be a Fred. Fred and Ted, basically. Fred Cruz. Yeah. Basically the same. Uh, yeah, thank you for coming to my Fred talk. But first we have to corroborate not the Constitution, 
but products Ooh. that uh, people can buy. Yes, those With, kind of products. If I buy products, does it support you and your show? In a, in a way, in a way, absolutely. Great, that's great. And, though. and even better than that, as the consumer, you will have the power in this new relationship you're entering into. Mm-hmm. I love having power. I love having as a power consumer. Too. Let's all become powerful and listen to these ads. Oh, yes, I can't wait. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash behind. That's mintmobile.com slash behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to 15 bucks a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play Responsibly, terms and conditions apply. See website for details at high the number five casino.com. High five casino. Top thrill two is like no other course. Two 420 foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from zero to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach zero G's in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride!
We're back. We're talking about Ted Cruz and his youth as a constitutional corroborator. Let's put youth in quotes. <laughs> youth. Ted Cruz was born 43. Right. <laughs> yeah. Has not changed much since. Now, we were talking about Laura, who, uh, who just announced that she did not like Ted Cruz in the first <laughs> meeting. Upon immediately. Immediately <laughs> the, upon the instant she talked to him. <laughs> at one point, Laura and her fellow corroborators were invited to an American Ideas seminar at the State Conference Center. Uh, this is in Houston. They attended classes and lectures about the free market and limited government. One of their most important pieces of curriculum was the Ten Pillars of Economic Wisdom. Yes. Yeah, that all ties together. Well, Fred Clark, who wrote those pillars, was long dead by this point and is now so forgotten that I barely found anything about him online. His ideas clearly spread to a new generation of young conservative. The Ten Pillars had a profound impact on young Ted Cruz. His favorite pillar was the second. Government is never a source of goods. Everything produced is produced by the people, and everything that government gives to the people, it must first take from the people. What? Well, like, you know how when the government builds roads, they take roads from you? Uh-huh. And you don't, you have less roads, uh-huh. but the government has more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or like when the government provides an ambulance after you're in a car wreck, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have less ambulances. Well, you had mm-hmm. an ambulance, but then you didn't. But and then, then you gave, gave it to the government. To, yeah. That's how it works. I'm familiar with this okay. pillar. Yeah. 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 Uh, because yeah. Just like from living life in society yeah. and looking yeah. around, I could have guessed yeah. that pillar. I can tell you, I used to have a United States Marine Corps, but now that I pay taxes... It's completely out of my control. Yeah. And now they took it. But they gave it back to you. I have to give it back. Sort of, sort of. Yeah. It's not the same. No, it's not. Laura described the uh, American Ideas Seminar as church camp for libertarians, which is certainly how it sounds. Quote, as if it's normal conversation, we discuss ideas over dinner, like the only thing government should do is provide for the common defense. Fire stations, privatize. Medical care, even Medicare, definitely privatize. Education, all schools should be private. Education is a privilege, not a constitutional right. What (laughs) the fuck? These fucking people. (laughs) How do you even, like start to talk about those kinds of topics with those people. (laughs) I just want to live in a nation where poor children are free to be illiterate and sell themselves into slavery, signing their name, writing their marks on contracts they can't read. That seems like freedom to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe well, that doesn't seem like freedom to everyone. No, that's freedom. I want <laughs> I want to uh, have to uh, – I think education should be profitable. So all the decisions that one would make in giving somebody an education is based off of how much money you'll make, mm-hmm. which I think would give that person a good education because it's motivated by doing whatever in order to make money. Absolutely. And yeah. that's always been where our – greatest advances have come when the only thing on the line was uh, was profit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. That's how we cured polio. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why Jonas Salk, you know, famously became a billionaire from the polio mm-hmm, vaccine. Mm-hmm. That's why all of those NASA scientists who put a man on the moon got super rich. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, that's absolutely true. That, 100%. Uh, stereotype of the mansion-owning NASA scientist. <laughs> yeah. Those rich fat cat scientists. <laughs> For <Classic. a> reason. <laughs> yeah. Sitting on their ivory Apollo yeah. launcher. One percent of Now, Laura felt some disconnect in these conversations because she'd gone to a public school, and she was at a public school, and she thought she got a pretty good education. But despite some lingering doubts, she did find the whole experience almost intoxicating. The most exciting part for me is feeling important, being treated as a Mm -hmm. thinking adult and getting to spend the weekend at a fancy conference center. It is the nicest hotel room I've ever been in, and the banquet room has crystal glasses, and there is a magic show, and the college kids have beer. It's awesome. (laughs) So sign me up. <laughs> I mean, I should note, 
Texas in the 80s, you could drink and drive still. Uh-huh. That right, was like right, 19, right. and ecstasy was legal. So this was quite the time to be in a hotel in the Houston area. Yeah. I'm sure they had a lot of fun. It's so, it's perfect. Yeah. Because it is just like, all right, we're going to say this, and then old people are going to be excited. The young people are talking mm-hmm. about these things. And the young people are going to be excited because they get to pretend to be fancy and old. That's mm-hmm. right. Just a little feedback loop. And they loop get to feel like going. they're better than other young people right. who are busy getting educations uh-huh. and not being indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. It's great. Mm. I wonder if any current far-right media personalities had upbringings in any way similar to this. Wow. I, that's an interesting question. I uh, I bet nothing will come of that. Yeah, there's no way to look into people like yeah, Ben we'll Shapiro never know. or Charlie Kirk. Probably, probably There's probably nothing there. there. Yeah. There's probably uh, no similarities. So to... let's, let's talk <laughs> about the only time this ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> now, Laura studied with Ted Cruz and uh, their fellow constitutional corroborators to memorize the Constitution. As I stated, she claims Story hired a mnemonic expert to create a tried-and-true method for helping kids memorize the Constitution. This was necessary because Story's goal was to basically mass-produce constitutional corroborators to travel around and wow the easily wowable all around the United States. At the time Laura was involved, there were at least six different teams of corroborators touring the country at any given time. Laura recalled a usual visit. Quote, We arrive at a Rotary Club meeting and set up our easels and large pads of paper. Without notes, we use our clever mnemonic device and we each write the headlines of our sections. Mine include articles 4, 5, 6, and 7. Rooms full of almost all white men over the age of 50 wearing blue suits are very impressed. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that checks out. That's that's the good stuff right there. God, I love it. (laughs) Now, a major motivation for Laura and most of the other corroborators was the chance to win scholarships. During one speech competition hosted by the Fortune 500 auto parts manufacturer Tenneco, Laura placed first. Ted Cruz placed third. We have a picture of them receiving their awards, and you can see the barely restrained fury in Ted's eyes. Now, this will be on BehindTheBastards.com. i got to pass this around and, and just get y'all to describe how Ted Cruz looks in that picture. <laughs> I'm not. Am I imagining oh, that, or does no. he look livid? His He's teeth like, are showing. So. That is the definition of all teeth, no smile. Yeah. Like I'm smiling, like they tell me to, but his eyes are dead. Yeah. Which we're all familiar like, with. Oh, dead yeah. eyes, like a doll's eyes. Yeah, he dead is familiar Fred. with what smiles should look like. Yeah. He's had smiles described to him. It's the exact, because if you've ever heard Ted Cruz talk, he's got that, like, uh, here's mm-hmm. how I talk to you. This is how a genuine person speaks. Mm-hmm. And that is that smile. That is that smile. Clearly, smiling was not one of the ten pillars of economic mm-hmm. wisdom, so he just didn't study it. Now, <laughs> Ted went to Second Baptist High School, which was a fairly expensive private school in Houston. Not uh, offensive. That's first. <laughs> Now, according to the book he wrote before running for president, the title of which I have forgotten, and I'm not going to give in this episode, (laughs) fuck it. Yeah, Uh, who cares? Shut up, Ted. (laughs) Fuck you, Ted Cruz. But according to this book that Ted Cruz wrote, Ted Cruz was one of the cooler kids at Ted Cruz's high school. Nice. Yes. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Ted Cruz might be, but I'm not. Quote, midway through junior high school, I decided I'd had enough of being the unpopular nerd. I remember sitting up one night asking a friend why I wasn't one of the popular kids. I ended up staying up most of that night thinking about it. Okay, well, what is it the popular kids do? I will consciously emulate that. That is sad. That's where he learned how to smile. Well, that's everything. Because Ted Cruz, if you've seen the pictures of him, video with him with his family and stuff, he's consciously emulating a human being Uh with a wife and children. Oh, God, yeah. That's Ted Cruz. Anytime he tries to 
kiss his wife or child. Oh, it's boy. just the worst moment they, of his life. They seem offended that he's near them. <laughs> there was an article today about uh, his wife. We can talk about that later, but it was tragic. I, oh, honestly, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's really sad, their relationship and how she basic. Well, we can get to it later. I, I would describe <laughs> the way that human beings look when Ted Cruz kisses them. Human beings that Ted Cruz is related to. Oh. The way they look when he kisses them. It's not like, I know, you know, people get like pictures of like Melania and Trump. And some of them look like, you know, a couple that's having a fight and they're a little yeah. bit angry mm-hmm. or something like that. But like most couples will have moments like that in their relationship. When Ted Cruz kisses one of his beloved family members, it looks like almost gravitational force repelling yeah, yeah them. like magnets that yeah. are going yeah. further away yeah. Well, yeah it's a it's an instinct it's, it's not even it's, emotional right well, yeah right yeah. It is. right yeah. there's like there's coldness yeah. that you can see in relationships but then there's like just recoiling yeah it's, and how could you not recoil from that? Not? How could you I not? I don't want to be mean, but Cruz. how could you not? <laughs> no, there's no. This isn't even about his appearance. This is about no, his no. aura. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh for yeah. sure. I yeah. mean, this uh, woman remembers meeting him for the first time, and, and like within seconds, she's like, I'm just hating like this person. I just, and this is <laughs> a bad totally human like... being. <laughs> yeah. Now, Ted says that in order to get popular, he got involved with sports, got contact lenses instead of glasses, uh, mm-hmm. and was soon a regular party boy. He was even briefly <laughs> suspended for smoking pot. <gasps> Um, what? I know, yeah. According to The Guardian, quote, on other occasions, he wrote, he was beaten up by drunk older kids at 2 a.m. and reprimanded by the principal for a prank that involved covering a rival school's building in toilet paper and shaving cream, then fleeing in a 1978 Ford Fairmont with Wagner's Ride of the Valkyries blaring out of the car stereo. Hold up. Does he Wagner, think being sorry. popular includes getting beat up? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's attention. Okay, so now we, we right. see a disconnect here. I'm well known yeah. for getting beat up I'm well known by for some getting older beat up. kids at 2 a.m. Also... I mean, I will say a lot of people listen to Right of the Valkyries while doing various things. Sure. But the choice of Wagner. Yeah. 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 It's not, you know. A little fashy. A little bit. Maybe not in those days, though. Maybe, Maybe not in those days. Like, people aren't aware. People of didn't like know. Yeah. Apocalypse Now would just come out. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Maybe it was like, yeah, yeah, it was Apocalypse Now, now then. I know Ted Cruz is a big uh, film buff. <laughs> yeah. He likes um, art. So I'm sure that he was really into that. He does enjoy a nice art. Mm-hmm. Uh, Likes to eat it. I am a big um, fan of the art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many of Cruz's former fellow students and teachers do agree that Ted Cruz was widely seen as very intelligent and gifted. He was the valedictorian of his class in 1988. He was always an outspoken conservative and always clear that his goal in life was to get into politics. It seems like rather than becoming popular by acting less nerdy, Cruz actually gained most of what popularity he did have from his nerdiness. Second Baptist was a big speech and debate school, and Ted Cruz was a fantastic debater. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of someone who was in speech and debate in Texas, it is definitely a community that attracts mm. outspoken, annoying, mm-hmm. <laughs> opinionated conservative kids, which I was when I was Ted Cruz's age in, in a Texan high school. So I can guess what a lot of those conversations were like. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, when he graduated in 1988, 17-year-old Ted Cruz wrote this description of his hopes and dreams in his yearbook. Upon graduation, Ted hopes to attend Princeton University and major in political science and economics. From there, he wants to attend law school, possibly Harvard, and achieve a successful law practice. He then wants to pursue his real goal, a career in politics. Ted would like to run for various political offices and eventually achieve a strong enough reputation and track record to run for and win President of the United (laughs) States. The presidency has been Ted Cruz's goal from the very beginning. That just means he's a maniac. Yeah. That's all. I mean, it does. Yeah. I mean, I was a 16-year-old conservative debater who wanted to be the president, and then I became an 18-year-old who had to pay rent and realized mm. 
that wasn't a job. That's not, that's not yeah. a good person <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, there's that video of him from high school, I think. Mm. It's, oh, yeah. That's we're what we're about okay, to get yeah, into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in a video filmed in 1988, right after graduation, Ted Cruz lays out his ambitions in a much less polished fashion. And we're just going to play this whole video for y'all. Have you both seen this? No. Oh, good. Katie, I'm excited for this. Cody? I love it. It's just, I can't wait. <laughs> live through it again. So let's listen to 18-year-old Ted Cruz talk about his hopes and dreams. Katie, I think you should be able to, to look angle at it. so you can at least see him, because he's, um, he's a character. He's a character. <laughs> Aspirations. that like sweat on my butt? What? No, no, oh, I see. What you want me to do, what I want to do in life. Well, my aspiration is to... Uh, Oh, I don't know, being a t- teen tit film, like that guy who played Horatio. You know, he was in Malibu Bikini Beach Shop. Well, other than that, uh, take over the world. World no. domination, you know, rule everything. Rich, powerful, that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was, of course, a fake Ted Cruz campaign ad using that. Now, normally it would be unfair. I did worse stuff than that when I was 18. Oh, yeah. I don't want Uh, anyone seeing the videos I made when I was 18. No, no, no. The thing that's interesting about this is that this is probably the best thing Ted Cruz ever did from a moral (laughs) standpoint. Sure. Because he's not actively harming anyone in that video other than perhaps the cameraman. Right, right. So, Ted did get to go to Princeton, and he went to Harvard after that. But his roommate at Princeton was a guy named Craig Mazin. Now, Craig would later go on to write the screenplays for the Hangover movie trilogy. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Good on Sure. Craig, I guess, yeah. Yeah. He's doing all right for himself. Weird that that took a Princeton education. Sure. Interesting way to use Princeton. Some things do. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. sure. Life's funny like that. Nothing against it. Of all of the movies that star, you know, the guy who was sexy for a hot minute, and then he got huge, and he played that sniper who lied about Jesse the Body Ventura. Hmm? That guy. Bradley Bradley Cooper's in it. Oh, I thought you... Yeah, okay. (laughs) Is he still alive? He is. Yeah, good oh, for him. Apparently, he's looking real hot in his new movie, A Star is Born. Good yeah, for yeah. him. He directed that uh, Lady Gaga movie. And starred in it. There's With Lady him, Gaga. Yeah. She's still alive. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, they're all still living. Good. Mm-hmm. I didn't... Uh, Sophie is uh, covering her her face. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> she looks aghast. <laughs> well, you know what? You know more about those people than... And I know more about Ted Cruz, so... So, it's, who it's is the winner now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although, everyone is about Sophie. to know the same amount about Ted yeah. Cruz. Who is still alive. Who is still alive, Ugh. technically. Okay. That's disappointing. Yeah, right. Now, when we get back, we're going to talk about what Craig Mason has to say about Mr. Cruz. Mm. But first, you know what I love is not Doritos. I do what? love Doritos. Really? Okay. But uh, I'm no longer giving free ad space to Doritos. Oh, wow. Uh, well... Yeah, I just feel a little bit like uh, you got to move on. I understand. You know? I mean, they're not answering your you calls. You know, they're not. That's just yeah. You have to if you love something, let it let, let it, it go. go. Let it go, and maybe it'll come back to you. And provide free ads for Stretch Island fruit leather, the only fruit leather that is currently sitting on the table as we record this podcast. That is true. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the only one I see right now. Fantastic. All right, here's some <laughs> ads that paid us. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five! High Five! Casino! Casino! Win at highfivecasino.com! High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino! 
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Glow with your best skin. Be confident in your skin. Be brave in your skin. With Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash, cover your skin in layers of rich moisturizers and vitamin B3 complex, transforming your skin from dry and dull to moisturized and smooth in just 14 days. Feel the best in your skin and glow with confidence, all pride. Olay Body is a proud sponsor and supporter of iHeartRadio and PNG's Can't Cancel Pride, raising funds and support for the LGBTQ plus community. Olay Body wants you to feel empowered to live with confidence in your own skin, not just all month, but all year long. And when you feel the best in your skin, you can do anything. So this pride glow with confidence with the help of Olay Body. Check out Olay's new Indulgent Moisture Body Wash online or at your favorite retailer. Happy Pride! Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. We're talking about Craig Mazin, who, when Ted Cruz ran for president, his former roommate Craig Mazin, screenwriter of the Hangover movie series, got onto Twitter and started to talk about his uh, opinions mm. on his uh, former roommate Ted Cruz. <laughs> Turns out he doesn't like him very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there are some interviews with Mr. Mazin. And like with Laura, it sounds like Craig pretty much hated Ted Cruz from the moment they met. Quote, I remember very specifically that he had a book in Spanish, and the title was, Was Karl Marx a Satanist? And I thought, who is this person? (laughs) Even in 1988, he was politically extreme in a way that was surprising to me. Wow. (laughs) It's all, oh, it's all there. That's all. (laughs) It's all there. No, it hasn't changed. For reference, here is a picture of Ted Cruz at the time. Uh, This is his yearbook photo, actually, from high school. And I'm going to hand this to, let's say, Katie. Uh, Just describe for me as best you can the look on his face in that yearbook. Possessed? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, his eyes are kind of rolling back. It's almost like he's a shell of a man possessed by the spirits of two dead conservative ideologues. Yes, yes. Oh, I I know him. Yeah. I've seen this person. Yeah. I've seen this person uh, today. (laughs) Writing their opinions on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable. Now, the Daily Beast talked to Mason and several other members of Princeton's 1992 graduating class. These people all knew Ted Cruz at the time. And the Daily Beast concluded, after all their interviews, that, quote, the Ted Cruz who arrived as a college freshman in 1988 was nearly identical to the man who arrived in Washington as a freshman Republican senator in 2013, which is one thing everyone agrees about with Ted Cruz. He has not changed at all since he was a child. Uh, I mean, yeah, when you're indoctrinated that early, like, yeah, you're, yeah, not yeah. Gonna, you're not going to break through that. Yeah, no, you, already, you just dig in deeper. You're going to think that uh, Karl Marx is a Satanist. You already know the ten pillars of economic wisdom. What else mm-hmm. is there to know? 
Now, Eric Leitch, who lived with Ted Cruz at one point during their time at Princeton, said, quote, it was my distinct impression that Ted had nothing to learn from anyone else. The only point of Ted talking to you was to convince you of the rightness of his views. Ugh, he's the worst kind of person. Yeah, yeah. And again, very much sounds like a high school speech and debate kid. Yeah, Uh, right. I've resembled that at a time in my life. Normally, you go into the world, you meet other people, you realize you're not as smart as you thought, you, you encounter some surprises, you meet people with different backgrounds, and you become less of that. Ted Cruz never did. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. You slowly realize, like, oh, I'm a dumbass. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. I don't have all the answers. Mm. Life's really complicated. Mm. I should listen to other people. No, all you need you is the to... ten pillars. <laughs> yeah, that's you it. have to be able to to learn and grow from your mistakes. Yeah. To to do that though, so. Uh, I wonder if that's something we'll see Ted Cruz do, hmm. or if he'll just be continually noted as an unchanging monolith of man. At this point, it's too late. <laughs> I no, don't. Don't start that. now. <laughs> no, no. Uh, other classmates at Princeton called College Cruz abrasive, arrogant, creepy, and a crank. The Daily Beast notes that four former classmates all independently described him as creepy. That's, yeah. that's yeah. yeah. Also, half of Congress. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you like you don't even need to say, like, oh, someone said this about Ted Cruz. Is yeah. it correct? Just, like, describe Ted Cruz for yeah. a second. If there was a vote in Congress as to whether or not Ted Cruz was creepy, it would be the only unanimous vote our Congress has had. Ted Cruz would vote yes. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Finally, finally, some bipartisanship. <laughs> <in> like... <laughs> If we can't come together on this, what can we come together on? What can we agree on? Let's just start with the basics. (laughs) Ted Cruz, gross as shit, right? Okay, let's build from there. I might have the floor. I'd like to agree with my colleague. Ted Cruz is absolutely a creep. (laughs) Stares at me in the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah, Ted Cruz apparently had a habit of putting on a paisley bathrobe and walking to the other end of the dorm where all of the women lived and just sort of hanging out there. No, Uh, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. That's what Craig Mazin says. I would end up fielding the girls' complaints. Could you please keep your roommate out of our hallway? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Ted Cruz. Now, Cruz played poker regularly with a group of upperclassmen and was apparently just as bad at that as he is at all okay. the other stuff. He wound up owing $1,800 in 1980s money to several students. Wow. That's, yeah, that's a lot that's of money. That's a lot of money. That's like six grand a day. Oh, God. Yeah. In, like... College? Yeah, and college. That's an insane amount of money to yeah. lose at poker in college. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Now, Ted Cruz's campaign spokesman in 2015 was asked about Ted Cruz being terrible at poker, and she confirmed that Senator Cruz once had a, quote, foolish poker problem. He went to his aunt, who worked at a bank in Dallas, and borrowed $1,800 from her, which he paid in cash and promptly quit the game. Cruz's spokeswoman claims that he worked two jobs and gradually paid his aunt off over the next two years. Oh, my God. Fiscal responsibility. Fiscal responsibility. Yes. yes. More than he's shown as a congressman, Uh, uh, which we'll get to in a second. Mm. (laughs) Now, in general, it seems like the kids who were in debate club with Cruz actually did like him, and everybody else kind of hated him. His old debate partner speaks particularly well of Ted Cruz. Quote, I consider Ted to be very kind. He is a very, very gentle-hearted person. He took me under his wing and was a mentor to me. He was very kind to me. I am a much smarter and much better person today because of Ted Cruz. What did he want That's from nice. him? I don't know. I don't know. You know. <laughs> it seems I mean, like some people did like him. Really did well, like him. Well, I think him. it's probably just that, like, that kind of relationship that yeah. he, like, some people are looking for that kind of relationship, and Ted Cruz only responds mm-hmm. to that kind of relationship. Yes. Like, he's sizing everybody up. I'm yeah. like, you're useless to me. I think you're beneath me, so I'm not going to treat yeah. you well. Yeah. This, oh, I can mentor We're this We're working person. together. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can, in, I can indoctrinate him. And he's a debate kid who's never off. Other debate kids who are never off probably mm-hmm. get along with him. Yeah. So... 
one thing no one denies is that Ted Cruz was exceptionally good at speech and debate. He won a bunch of stuff. Here's how the Daily Beast described his place in that community. Debate weekends included Friday night parties that Cruz often attended, where he was remembered to be sort of a stud with girls on the debate circuit. Princeton debaters also said he spent extra time mentoring them to improve their skills, even though they competed against each other. Ted Cruz. That's nice. College. That's nice. Pretty much everyone, whether they loved or hated Ted Cruz, agrees that he has not changed at all since he was a teenager. After graduation, Ted attended Harvard Law School and pretty much immediately got into government work. He was the first Hispanic Solicitor General of Texas and also the longest-serving Solicitor General of Texas from 2003 to 2008. He argued in front of the Supreme Court a number of times, including to defend a Ten Commandments monument at the Austin State Capitol. His proudest moment was arguing Medellin versus Texas before the Supreme Court, which defended the state of Texas's right to execute a Mexican citizen without letting him talk to his consulate. <laughs> Um, Imagine that being the the hill you want to die on. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a complicated case, but that's sort of what it boils down to. Is they didn't inform him. He had a yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's my soul escaping my body, <laughs> slowly sliding out of you. That's the Ted Cruz effect. No. Now, for a long time, Cruz's ambition was to become the Attorney General of the United States. But rather than get in good with Mitt Romney and try to wangle a job as Attorney General, if he you know somehow won in 2012, Ted Cruz made the in retrospect, wise decision to run for Senate in 2012 instead. Won in the primary, and that victory was one of the most stunning upsets of the entire year. He was essentially swept into office by a wave of Tea Party sentiment that was still a big deal back in 2012. Mm-hmm. He won the general election as well, and just like that, Ted Cruz was one step closer to his dream of becoming the president. Here's the young Ted Cruz, fresh-faced, looking good. I mean, that's <laughs> all very He's yeah. just such a dweeb. He's just such a dweeb. <laughs> such a dweeb. I love the pictures of Ted Cruz with a gun. Oh, my God. Because he holds a gun like someone who's had them described to him before. Right. That's about it. Yeah, Yeah. he's aware of what they are. He's aware of what they are. uh, Have you seen him uh, shoot the bacon? Oh, God, yeah. That's a bad one. So embarrassing. Yeah, where he's he's trying to cook the bacon. Yeah, it's like, what do you, like... Wait, and he shoots it instead? No, no, no. You can cook bacon on a Kalash, on any kind of gun that has a long enough exposed. Uh, oh, yeah, he okay. like wrap. You wrap the bacon around. And he shoots it and heats it up, and then he eats it. And because he, he's a real Texan man. I used to live in Texas and did a bunch of shooting. And we would, for fun, you do stuff like crack eggs in the receiver of a Kalashnikov or something, and you'd like line it with foil, and you can cook eggs. You know, a couple of rounds, and the eggs will cook. And it's like a fun thing drunk people do on the weekends, not congressional candidates. Right to prove uh, your like Texan clout. Like, no, Ted, this isn't no, you. You're not not you're not it's you're canadian right and it's fine be okay with that be okay with that so the next year after being elected 2013 senator cruz made a name for himself in washington and by many accounts not a good one <laughs> one of his first moments of prominence was arguing against the women's health protection act mm. cruz said that this act which would have essentially there was a, a law in texas that cut down by like half the number of abortion clinics that were allowed to be open in the state by putting in new restrictions on them. This was a, uh, a federal act that was supposed to basically stop that law and stop other laws like that all around the nation so that women could have more access to safe sexual health care and abortions. Uh, Ted Cruz called this a manifestation of a war on women, and he huh? claimed Planned Parenthood was unnecessary because there wasn't a shortage of rubbers. Which is the term he used. Uh, yes. Gross. Really gross. The sex haver has weighed in. <laughs> yeah. Ted Cruz, actual sex haver. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in late 2013, Ted Cruz was one of several House Republicans who threatened the 
United States uh, <laughs> that they would shut down the government and refuse to pass a new spending bill if uh, that spending bill included any money for Obamacare. Cruz was one of the main architects of the shutdown, and he spoke for 21 hours in order to help delay the vote. He read Green Eggs and Ham on the Senate floor for a section of this. Yeah, because I Politics is serious business. Mm -hmm. The 2013 shutdown lasted 17 days and cost the United States an estimated $24 billion. Good job. Good job. Ted Cruz. Now, he was not the only Republican, obviously, who supported the shutdown. He's not the only Republican who argued against the Women's Health Protection Act. One of the things that stands out about Ted Cruz is the sheer vitriolic contempt that he's held in by other Republicans. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. really the thing that's remarkable about him, and it seems to have started with John McCain. So <laughs> McCain got miffed at Ted during that 21-hour speech he gave arguing in favor of the shutdown because Cruz compared Republicans who voted to approve the spending bill with Nazi appeasers. <laughs> oh, Ted. Oh, Ted, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh. If you go to the 1940s, Nazi Germany, look, we saw in Britain Neville Chamberlain who told the British people, accept the Nazis. Yes, they'll dominate the continent of Europe, but that's not our problem. Let's appease them. Why? Because it can't be done. We can't possibly stand against them. Not what Neville Chamberlain said. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all what Neville Chamberlain said. That is uh, par for the course. I don't know why. Like, I, mean, I don't know why. Like, absolutely that's not. John McCain, being a human being who's read a history book, mm. was offended by this. Mm, perhaps, <laughs> sure, yeah. 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 He considered this inappropriate and shameful, especially since it was basically calling many Republicans who he was friends with Nazis. McCain took to calling Cruz a wacko bird. One of McCain's advisors later told a reporter, he fucking hates Cruz. He's just <laughs> offended by his style. In 2016, when Ted Cruz was running for office, you remember there was a little bit of a controversy over whether or not he could be president. Mm -hmm. What with the whole born in Canada sure, thing? Sure, oh, yeah, sure. sure. Uh, now, most Republicans were pretty adamant that Cruz was able to be president. John McCain said he didn't know. In a, in a live interview, <laughs> which is beautiful bit of John McCain oh, shade man. right there. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. Might be. Who knows? Don't, know. yeah. uh, don't ask me. I'm just, I'm just John McCain. <laughs> and I fucking hate Ted Cruz. Uh. House Speaker John Boehner, a Republican, called Ted Cruz Lucifer in the flesh. Nice. Ah. Senator Lindsey Graham, also a Republican, said in 2016, if you killed Ted Cruz on the floor of the Senate and the trial was in the Senate, nobody would convict you. Oh, there it is. <laughs> When Ted ran for president in 2015 and 16, only one of his fellow congresspeople would stoop to endorsing him, some guy from Utah. Uh, his fellow Texan, John Cornyn, wouldn't even do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, Cruz has been a consistent bigot. After the ISIS attacks in Brussels in March of 2016, he suggested the government, quote, patrol and secure Muslim neighborhoods to stop mm -hmm. radicalization. Yeah. Mm. He proposed banning refugees from Syria almost the instant they started fleeing from mm. there. In 2015, he sought and accepted the endorsement of Troy Newman, an anti-abortion activist who is an anti-abortion activist in the same way that Hitler was an anti-communist activist. Newman has called for the execution of abortion doctors and said that the entire nation will be, quote, blood guilty until people start murdering abortion doctors in the streets. Think Progress notes that that same year, Cruz was interviewed and asked if he knew of a single pro-life activist who'd ever advocated violence. Ted Cruz said he did not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what what do you do on this podcast if someone is speechless? <laughs> Usually, That's I just like, laugh. That's kind of my God. my self defense mechanism is just to giggle, just to giggle at this gargoyle of a man. And like, it's just I think this so many times every single day. Mm -hmm. Just say this to his face mm -hmm. and record it. 
Yeah. And then when he says no, say, but Mr. Cruz, I yeah. have here on my phone. It's but we, drawn up. It's right here. <laughs> we know for a fact you sought this guy's endorsement out. Here's things he said. I'm presenting you with all of these facts that you can read right now. Yeah. What do you have to say to that? God, it would be nice if there was some group of people in society whose job was to speak truth to people in power. It would be huh. really good if that job existed. That would be good. We shouldn't create that job. D- did we just invent a new thing? Uh, yeah, it's like almost like a fourth branch of government, like a fourth sort of institution that you uh, want. Like, a, sure. like an estate that's not one of the other three. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, don't yeah. want, you don't want one of the three. You want like a fourth you one. Know, we'll circle back around on this. Wait, I feel like we're, something there. we're, we can't we're call getting close to something. the constitution corroborators, though, because that's already taken. No, 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 uh, no, no, could we just no, be corroborators? corroborators? Could, it could be the corroborators. could be the corroborators. Mm. Okay. We'll, uh, it's got your name in it, so that works. We'll circle back on we'll this. figure out what that is later. Thank you. There's something there. No one's ever called me Rob, and uh, I don't approve of people doing it, but uh, in this case, Corroborators. it's okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, near the end of 2015, right-wing gunman Robert Deere murdered three people at an abortion clinic. You may remember this. Yes. One week later, Ted Cruz claimed in an interview that Christians hadn't carried out terror attacks in centuries, stating this at a rally. President Obama gave a speech in which he said, yes, ISIS commits terrorist attacks, but so do Christians and so do Jews. And then he invoked the Crusades and the Inquisition. Now, last I checked, those ended about 900 years ago, and I don't think it's asking too much for the President of the United States to stay in the current millennium. Now, Cruz's reaction to the deer shooting is interesting because he simultaneously shamed the news media for daring to assume that this massacre at an abortion clinic was a right-wing attack, (laughs) and he found a way to blame the left for the murders. Of course he Uh, did. His initial statement was that basically he floated the idea that Deere was a, quote, transgendered leftist activist for really no reason at all but to be a dick because it's just as plausible that a transgender leftist activist shot up an abortion clinic as a (laughs) right-wing anti-abortion activist. Yeah, I follow. I follow your logic, Ted. Clearly the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, his sliminess during the 2016 primary knew no ideological bounds. At different times during his campaign, Cruz sent out a photoshopped image of Marco Rubio shaking hands with Barack Obama. Uh, (laughs) The the president! How dare a member of Congress! (laughs) My God! So, Ted, did you refuse to shake the president's hand There's gotta, right, for there's, eight years? There's yeah. gotta be a picture of him shaking Barack Obama's It's just like hand. a normal human thing to do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Ted Cruz sent out a robocall designed to trick Republican listeners into thinking Marco Rubio supported amnesty. The actual audio of the call was essentially nonsense in Spanish, but it included the words Marco Rubio, amnistia, and immigración illegal, so that English-speaking Republicans who didn't speak Spanish but overheard it on the radio would assume it was a Marco Rubio ad reaching out to Spanish-speaking voters by promising them amnesty. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That is... Illegal? <laughs> you really would you'd hope, think, right? You'd think that would be an illegal kind of thing to do. Yeah, you, th- you would think that would be a crime. That's huh. incredible. And yeah. I, you know I, what? I do think it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I love that uh, he definitely never had to answer for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Like nobody ever held him accountable for <laughs> no. that. He also sent out a robocall attacking candidate Donald Trump for not supporting the Confederate flag. Uh, the recording started with a clip of Trump saying, put it in a museum. Let it go. And then an announcer said, that's Donald Trump supporting Nikki Haley removing the battle flag from the Confederate Memorial in Columbia. Trump talks about our flag like it's a social disease. <laughs> what the? 
That's not your flag, man. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the flag of an enemy we beat in a bloody also, war. Also, <laughs> how did I just agree with something Donald Trump said? I know, I know. That's the amazing thing about Ted Cruz is that now we're both sympathetic towards Marco Rubio and Donald Trump in the space of two paragraphs because Ted Cruz is that slimy. Fuck you, Ted Cruz. Oh, fuck how you, dare Ted you. Cruz. How dare you. Uh, now, another thing Cruz's campaign did was make a fake Facebook profile for South Carolina Congressman Trey Gowdy, who'd endorsed Marco Rubio. They had their fake Gowdy endorse Cruz instead and repeal his endorsement Marco Rubio. Now, the Cruz campaign officially denies they had anything to do with this. Well, but come the fuck who on. Who did it then? Yeah, who, who did it then, Ted Cruz? Guy who has done nothing but the shadiest things imaginable. Oh my God. One of Cruz's attack ads in the election was even banned because it basically blamed Marco Rubio for the San Bernardino terror attacks because he supported immigration reform. Ooh. <laughs> like, like, it's, That's get funny. that man the presidency. <laughs> yeah. This is a guy we need in the Oval <laughs> oh Office. Every time Ted Cruz has been on the campaign trail, his number one advocate has been his father. Mm. Rafael Cruz is a pastor and a fiery speaker who can say things out loud that Ted Cruz only gets to think. <laughs> Here's a brief list of things that Rafael Cruz has claimed over the years. Number one, the United States is a Christian nation. Mm. Number two, Barack Obama is an outright Marxist who wants to destroy all concept of God. Mm-hmm. Number three, mm-hmm. Barack Obama should be sent back to Kenya. Mm-hmm. Number four, social justice is a cancer. Mm-hmm. Number five, <laughs> gays and lesbians are a group of sexual deviants driving the political agenda in this country. Mm-hmm. Number six, Barack Obama is setting up death panels and in 2015 had established, quote, another tyrannical dictatorship with no control by anyone. Mm-hmm. You guys remember when Barack Obama established a dictatorship? I'd forgotten, yeah. so yeah. thank you for the reminder. I remember. <laughs> weird year. Yeah, it was really weird because... Uh, we voted for a new president. Yeah, yeah. And then the dictator was like, all right. Stepped down peacefully. And there you go. And did everything he could to make the transition smooth. Did everything he could. Like a dictator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Classic Hitler move, making Fucking things easier for the next guy. <laughs> hate dictators. Classic Hitler move to uh, accept the idea of a next guy. <laughs> yeah. Now, Mother Jones published an article about Pastor Cruz's wildest statements in October of 2015. This forced Cruz's spokeswoman to clarify that Pastor Cruz did not speak for his son. Then Mother Jones found documents that proved one of Senator Cruz's aides had worked to help Pastor Cruz schedule his appearances and booked gigs, including paid gigs, which is probably illegal, Mm -hmm. but, you know, just enough on the side of deniable that not much ever happened. It's impossible to overstate how critical Papa Cruz has been in his son's rise. Ted Cruz is, uh, as 100% of Americans seem to agree, a gross, creepy weirdo. Mm -hmm. His dad, however, (laughs) fought against a dictator and survived being tortured. He's an immigrant hero success story, whereas Ted is just a kid who is good at debate. On the campaign trail, Ted claimed that his lifelong desire to, quote, fight for liberty had been born out of hearing his dad's stories of his time as a revolutionary. Mm. So that's what we're going to talk about next for a little while. Because extensive research by the New York Times suggests that these stories of Rafael Cruz are largely fabricated. Rafael Cruz claims that he was close comrades with a famous martyred student activist, Frank Pais, who died months after Cruz claims to have watched him die. Now, Rafael also claims that he was given up by a double agent and tortured by the Batista government. He claims he threw firebombs and blew up buildings and was, in general, a badass revolutionary. But the Times talked to numerous Cubans, both in Cuba and in the United States, who were active in the country's rebellion at the time. And in interviews, Rafael Rafael Cruz's former comrades and friends disputed his description of his role in the Cuban resistance. He was a teenager who rode on walls and marched in the streets, they said, not a rebel leader running guns or blowing up buildings. Here's the New York Times. 
Leonor Aristouche, 79, a student leader in the 50s whom the Castro government later hired to verify the supposed exploits of revolutionary veterans, said a term existed for people like Mr. Cruz. Oye lateros, or wishful thinkers, people wishing and praying that Batista would fall, she said, but not doing much to act on it. Now, Liner is uh, obviously biased since she works for the government, but the New York Times also talked to former rebels who now live in the United States. They were all firm that Pastor Cruz had vastly exaggerated his part in the revolution. The truth seems to be that he was busted for carrying an illegal gun and beat up by the cops, but was never able to do much more than draw some graffiti. So if you're all up to date on American politics, you know that Senator Ted Cruz is currently running to defend his seat from the Democratic challenger, Beto O'Rourke, who ran us on a skateboard and yeah. for some reason yeah. recently. Yeah. Oh, it was because uh, somebody gave him one. They're like, yeah. yeah. He's like, here's a skateboard. Oh, you wanted me to ride it? Okay. Yeah, I'll be cool. I'll yeah. be I'll be I'll be the cool young candidate. Relatable. So, relatable. We all skateboard. <laughs> We're all skateboarders <laughs> here. It was a relatable thing to do if he had been running in Santa Monica. Right. The only place I've seen the skateboard in the last nine <laughs> years. <laughs> so during this election, uh, this is a very tight race, obviously. Uh, Beto has raised substantially more money than Ted Cruz, but Ted Cruz is a Republican with a beating heart in Texas, which mm. gives him a pretty significant advantage still to overcome. Now, during this campaign, Cruz has continued to use his trademark super gross, slimy eel man tactics. Yes. The O'Rourke campaign, for example, allows people to volunteer to send texts and to call voters on behalf of the campaign. Several Cruz people have apparently infiltrated the effort as a way to slander Beto. Oh, my God. <laughs> One of these infiltrators sent this text message out to random voters. Hi, it's Patsy here with Beto for Texas. Our records indicate that you're a supporter. We're in search of volunteers to help transport undocumented immigrants to polling booths so that they will be able to vote. Would you be able to support this grassroots effort? Oh, my God. Hell yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the good stuff. That's the oh, stuff you like. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Oh. You getting off no, there, Cody? Making a big deal about this. Oh, because all you can do is just... It's just more lies. That's all he does. I'm sorry. That's so upsetting. It's super sleazy. Yeah. No, just really... because like last weekend I was doing canvassing, yeah. and the very first thing they said was be respectful to the other people. Don't tear down other people's signs. Yeah. Don't do like, this is we want people to vote and it to be fair. Act like we respect each other in a democracy. Yeah. Like, just don't. Yeah. Like we're not like literal worms. Yeah, <laughs> like, like we're not all chomping at the bit to kill each other. God. Yeah. Now, I'm going to throw in a little Texanism here for the listeners in Texas who are about to go vote. Ted Cruz is oilier than a Whataburger wrapper. <laughs> Whataburger is right. really popular in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, They're is okay. That, is that new uh, Linklater? Oh, yeah, ad? yeah. The other yeah. second was like, yeah, anyway, they talk about Whataburger. Yeah, they talk about Whataburger. It's, it's a big thing in Texas for reasons that are inexplicable to people who don't live there. Mm -hmm. I've seen the discussions that I just couldn't care less about. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. It's a... Uh, it's the heat stroke. We're all of heat stroke yeah, in yeah. Texas, and it damages people's brains. I understand. And Whataburger. Mm -hmm. It's thus very popular. Anyway, Whataburger, if you want to support the show, uh, I will recant my statements about brain damage being the primary driver of sales <laughs> to your, your hamburgers. It's actually the delicious taste. It's the delicious taste of Whataburger. I actually like Whataburger. I don't know why. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm hurt from the breakup with Doritos, and I'm just yeah, throwing shade on innocent brands. Yeah. Well, that's natural in a normal part of the healing process. Don't. You know yeah, what else is natural it. in a normal part of the healing process? What? So now there have been a couple of different variations on uh, the having members of the Cruz campaign infiltrate the Beto campaign and send out blatantly illegal text messages. Mm -hmm. There have been a few different variations on this tactic. It's debatable, obviously, if Cruz had any involvement. Sure. Uh, I bet he would debate it really well. I bet he'd debate it very well. He's a good debater. He's ready. He wants mm -hmm. you to debate him mm -hmm. about it, too. 
It is worth noting that the Cruz campaign also sent out fundraising letters to raise money for the campaign in an envelope that said, summons enclosed, open immediately, and looked like a a court summons. People who opened it, it was actually a summons to give the Cruz campaign money. Uh, It feels like something that could backfire. It does, it does. He actually tried the same thing in 2015, but with a voting violation notice uh, printed on top to make dumb people think they'd broken a law. Grossest stuff. So you guys better vote for Ted or else you're in trouble. Like, you can't be honest about your opponent, you can't be honest about your own campaign no it's so disgusting there's nothing else to you that uh, all you have is dirty tricks it's just like uh, dirty tricks that richard nixon would be like dude, mm-hmm. dude right like it, g- get a dog and give a speech with a dog don't be fucking <laughs> don't do this shit it's not even like it's just like scamming it's like yeah. scammers. you're just you're just doing scammer tactics yeah to get people to vote for you yeah it's not even like Sometimes you hear about sleazy political stuff where it's like, well, that's evil, but it's genius. Right. Or, yeah, it's like, oh, that that crosses the line a little bit. Or like, oh, that's a little sleazy. No, this is just like scammer tactics. Yeah. Blatantly. It's like he's trying to sign people up from an MLM, but instead he's running for Congress. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Now, it's unclear at this point who's going to win at the midterm. It is unclear. Who's going to who's going to win that election? I think everyone listening to this can guess which side I'm on. Mm. I suspect Dan more Curtis. Republicans than will admit it. Kind of oh, hope yeah. that wins too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I, right, I think everyone's sort of in the in the camp of like I just don't want Ted Cruz to yeah. be involved in our national discourse. <laughs> anymore. Why is he like, so close? God. <laughs> I mean, it, the fact that Beto O'Rourke has closed the gap so much is pretty remarkable. Yeah, it is. You know, when Ted Cruz was arguing the, the Women's Health Act thing was a, a, a manifestation of a war on women, I was in Austin at that point. I marched when Wendy Davis did her big filibuster. I marched on the state capitol with a bunch of friends. I had a concealed handgun license at that point, mm-hmm. and I carried a gun with me. And when we went to the state capitol to protest, I was with several ladies, and they were searched and had to empty all of the tampons out of their bags. They couldn't carry tampons into the Texas state capitol because the guards were worried that they would throw tampons. But your gun was okay. I was allowed to take my gun into the Capitol House. Yeah, I could walk in with a loaded forty caliber uh, they saw semi-automatic handgun. They knew you had it. Oh, yeah, I showed it. I showed it. They saw the gun right, on me. Right, because you're yeah. a responsible gun owner. Because I'm a responsible yeah, gun yeah. owner. I showed them my license. I had a... Well, you know... 45 oh, rounds of... Not- <laughs> There's something to this, though. Women can't be trusted with tampons. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> One what thing women we... can't be trusted with <laughs> is tampons. What are they going to do with them? Shove them up their vagina? I Well, they Who knows? hurt someone. Who knows? If they threw a tampon... I mean, it is a, a potential a projectile. Way deadlier than a forty caliber round traveling at 1,200 feet per second. Yeah. That is bonkers. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? My God. Can you believe that shit? That is... I mean, yeah, I can believe it, sadly, but wow. Yeah. Now, it's anyone's guess, obviously, as to who's going to win this election. No matter what happens, though, I think the story of Ted Cruz is ultimately quite tragic. He was raised almost from birth on the very specific ideals of two different conservative ideologues, Fred Clark and Roland Story. Both of these men are now dead, and most of their ideals have sort of fallen by the wayside, even in mainstream Republican society, hence the whole constant expensive wars overseas. Ted Cruz, it's almost like he's the political equivalent of some sort of like AI defense system designed by an ancient race right, that then goes extinct. Yeah, and then the aliens go. There's a Star Trek The Next Generation mm. episode <laughs> called The Lost Outpost, episode four, season one. Sure. And in this episode, the, the Enterprise and a Ferengi ship get captured essentially by this planet that's like there's this defense system on it that was part of an alien empire 60 million years ago or something that that has since fallen and the ai that runs this defense thing doesn't know that the empire's fallen mm-hmm. that's that's <laughs> yeah. kind of ted cruz yeah, yeah he's yeah, still I operating yeah. at full capacity his systems online yeah yeah still attacking doing yeah. damage even though but everyone that wrote the code is it's, like it's long dead. dead and wrong yeah <laughs> dead and wrong 
It is I, tragic. It is tragic, and I think uh, a really accessible uh, reference for, uh, yeah, right. for the audience. <laughs> great episode. Not a great episode. Yeah, I mean, no, first, it, it, it introduced fun. the Ferengi, which were pretty anti-Semitic. Females. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little gross. Yeah. A little gross. They're, I mean, they're Ted Cruz-y in their they own are, way. They are te- <laughs> it's like a whole race of Ted Cruz's. Yeah. yeah. Now- that's all I have to say about Ted Cruz. Hopefully ever. Hopefully Beto O'Rourke beats him. Yeah. And, uh, we might never have to talk about Ted Cruz again. Yeah, we may never have to talk He'd about Ted Cruz again. Fox or like TV's. I like part of me imagines like, okay, so he loses to uh, Beto O'Rourke. And then he's like, oh, well, now I'll, I'll find my principles and I'll run against Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll, oh, like, he'll try to primary him oh, uh, man. because he's a principled man who mm-hmm. uh, is, wants you to vote your conscience. Yeah. Like he said that yeah. one time yeah. and then yeah. uh, <laughs> totally flipped around. I was I was at the RNC and the one moment in my life I almost had an inkling of respect for Ted Cruz is when he gave that speech where yeah. everyone was expecting him to endorse Donald Trump and then he didn't. Yeah. But then he did it anyway. But then he did it anyway. Yeah. And it's just so embarrassing. Oh, it's so shameful. Yeah, vote your conscience Show against the, the guy that yeah. <laughs> called Please. my wife a dog. Yeah, <laughs> called his wife a dog. <laughs> said your dad that, killed I... Kennedy. <laughs> oh yeah. Just eating that pile of shit and then needing to do that fake smile. Yeah. Afterwards, like ah. It's not even that he's spineless, and that it's that he's such an absence of spine that he lowers the bone density of people around him. Right. Well, right. Yeah, and bringing back that article about his wife. And her trying to spin it positive about stuff. And it's sad. And you can, maybe I'm reading between the lines, but I'm not, mm-hmm. about her lack of respect. Like she wandered onto the freeway on ramp one night because she had to give up her career to come do this for him. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, a spiritual person on a Christian retreat was like, you were put on God to help your husband. I love and, all that stuff. And oh, like boy. that, and like that's what this article's about. And she's just like, well, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. just kind of biting her tongue about her gross spineless husband mm-hmm. that she can't mm-hmm. possibly be attracted to. No, no. I mean, we're not going to go into detail, but we can all picture what we would think Ted Cruz would look like during sex. Oh. And it's gross. <laughs> it's gross and it's uncomfortable. And I have to imagine it's gross and uncomfortable for his wife. For sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Here yeah. comes the sex. <laughs> She did say that that's, when he was young. That's his move. That's Here his comes move. the sex. Here comes the sex. Yeah. I'm uh, going to do a sex at you. He's going to sex towards you, <laughs> Ted Cruz. All right. This has been Behind the Bastards. Katie, Cody, you guys want to plug the pluggables that you have to plug? Yeah. There are many of them. I'd love to plug the pluggables. We have a show. A new show? <laughs> yeah, a new show called Some More News. You can yeah. check it out on YouTube, also on Twitter of the same name, Some More yeah. News. Also our Patreon.com slash Some More News. And we also have a podcast that called we Even More News. Yeah. Called Even More News. Yeah. And it's... Uh, and then it's, it is what it is. It's, it's even more news. It's even more. And our Twitter accounts also exist yeah. uh, in the world. All those things. Yeah. You can do all those things. We, we participate. Yeah. Please give them money and get your news from them because it's, it's not good news. There's no good no, news. Oh, it's no good news. But it's, it's just... well-delivered bad news. We have uh, fun. We have fun. We try to have we, fun. We have fun being frustrated with the news. <laughs> Better to laugh while the world burns than fiddle. Mm-hmm. Laugh with us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm Robert Evans. You can find this podcast, Behind the Bastards, on the internet at BehindTheBastards.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, at BastardsPod. You can find me at IWriteOK on Twitter. I also freelance articles for a an investigative journalism concern called Bellingcat. You can go there and donate money to them, too. They're doing stuff like uh, when Saudi Arabia bombed a school bus and killed 40 children, mm-hmm. they were able to prove that the munitions that did it were uh, manufactured in the United States and sold to Saudi Arabia. So they do, they do cool stuff that's like that. That's good work. They do it's really, really good work. work. So please give them some money. 
And uh, please go to Tee Public and buy T-shirts. Also, <laughs> fun T-shirt plug. Uh, you can get a DJ Stalin shirt, and then you and I will own a shirt in common. And then if I ever meet you on the street, I will have to give you a high five. And please don't forget to support Stretch Island Fruit Leathers, the only leathers on this desk. The only leathers on this mm-hmm. desk. This has been Behind the Bastards. I have been Robert Evans. And again, I love about 40% of you. <laughs> High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your ticket at cedarpoint.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.